Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. I'm your co-host Michelle Pratt and my business is Dive Deeper Development, a personal development training and coaching business. And I'm your other co-host Kate Carlisle and I've got my fingers in a lot of pies <laughs> and I feel like every episode I choose one at random to talk about but I basically do internet-y things and I'm in a freelance community called Freelance Folk. So there we go, that's probably the most relevant bit particularly for today and in this today's uh, podcast we're going to be talking about our routines and the way we organize ourselves from day to day so do you have a routine should you have a routine and do we have a routine which we'll be sharing (laughs) with you as well now if like us you've read a lot of these success stories of these entrepreneurs your Elon Musk's your uh, Tim Apple as I believe Donald Trump called him (laughs) (laughs) your Tim Cook's your Richard Branson's um you hear about all these stories about these CEOs who wake up at 4am or wake up at 5am and attack the day weirdos yeah they are weirdos (laughs) but but most of us don't actually work like that and not only do most of us not work like that most of us can't actually work like that that wouldn't work for most of us so the temptation is to get up at 5am and to emulate these people to be as successful as them but in reality that probably doesn't work so today we're going to explore routines what works what doesn't and uh, how you can get more in tune with your natural rhythm now, Katie, I know that this getting up at 5am to attack the day stuff really doesn't resonate with you, does it? Literally <laughs> my worst nightmare. The only time you should get up at 5am is if you're going on a holiday and it's exciting. And you have a pint at 6am. <laughs> <laughs> it's you that sits behind me on the plane drinking yes. Stella. I knew it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, so I, I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about this because I feel like the world is totally weighted towards early risers and, and like... It is really demoralising when you are not a natural morning person, as I am not, and you you see like like you say all these habits of you know seven habits of successful entrepreneurs, and most of them do start with them getting up early in the morning. I get up at five a.m. and have a, ske- and a kale salutation. Yeah, 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 and embrace the joys of everything. And I don't understand like how the the rest of their life works though because like if i get up at five if i got up at five in the morning even if somehow i could manage that i'd be dead by like like 8 p.m and i want to have a social life i want to be able to see people in the evening so funny you should say that there was i was reading a someone did a blog or a magazine article and she's like would getting up at 4 a.m every day make me as successful as these ceos so what the blogger did was they literally got up at 4 30 every single morning and tried to emulate the daily routines of all of these famous people so it's like right up first thing i'm going to do some yoga then i had my breakfast then i did my first hour's work and they said for about the first three or four days although they were tired they were more productive it was amazing but they said after about five days the lack of sleep they just felt like death yeah that was it so because you would have to go to bed really early to not yes. become a zombie presumably yeah um and you know maybe that works for them and i guess if you if you are an entrepreneur and the and your your kind of your your circles that you move in or other entrepreneurs you all get up early and see each other during the day and you don't need the evening but uh, you know other than my friends in the freelance community most of the people i know tend to go out for dinner in the evenings or you know just stuff tends to happen in the evenings and so i'm interested to yeah to know how they get around that but um yeah i i even even getting up at a kind of a normal time um, is is a struggle for me, and I've I am always been a night owl for as long as I can remember, and I I do think it's 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 really hard because like 
you kind of made a bit to feel like you were like a kind of teenager almost. Yeah. I feel like I'm supposed to have grown out of it by now, but I just haven't. And I was talking to one of our friends, Sarah, who's um, another freelancer about this. And she was saying exactly the same thing that, that you know, it's, it's tricky. Like I, I'll get up. So, so before I've kind of changed my routine, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about in this podcast, like, you know, a couple of changes that both me and you have made yeah. to our routine, Michelle. Um, so b- before I changed it slightly, my kind of typical freelance day was fairly varied, but there was a, a sort of fairly common thread. So I'd, I'd, I'd get up in the morning later than I'd intended to. So, so nighttime me always has a lot of faith in the, in me the next day. I'm like, tomorrow's going to be the day when I actually yeah. get up when my alarm goes off at half seven. I'm actually going to get out of bed when my alarm goes off. Or maybe I'll snooze once and then I'll get up and then inevitably it gets around to like nine, half nine or something and I'm still in bed going, oh, damn it. <laughs> How did that happen? And, and then, so then I'd get up, even if it wasn't quite that late, I'd get up later than I intended. So I'd get out of bed grumpy and feeling like I'd already basically failed. So I may as well just write off the whole day and everything was terrible. And so I'd I'd go and do that. And so then I'd be kind of feeling grumpy. And then if I didn't have any client meetings, I'd be like, oh, showering's just gonna take so long. Maybe I'll just work in my pajamas or just chuck some clothes on and not care about myself. And and then I'd start the day and I'd kind of try and throw myself straight into work because I'd feel like I was missing out on on time, you know, I'd missed out on time that I should have already been working. I should have already had two productive hours by now. So I need to make it up. But I just, I, I, I take a long time to kind of warm up and wake up. Yeah, yeah. In, in the morning. And so, so I'd be kind of trying to do work, struggling with it, but trying to force myself to keep going and doing it. And then I'd get, you know kind of plow myself through the day fueling myself with coffee and snacks and and then I'd get to like 4 or 5 p.m and I'd just feel exhausted because the amount of work I'd done I'd probably not achieved very much good quality work but I'd exhausted myself trying to force myself to keep focused and everything else and then by 4 or 5 p.m I was just exhausted and then I didn't really have any energy to do all the other stuff I needed to do like clean the house or make dinner or anything like that I mean I'm not a 1950s housewife but you know I, I like being able to do the, those other bits and pieces I like cooking I like you know sorting the house out and stuff and I did, but I didn't have any energy to do them so they'd just kind of flop onto the sofa and watch Netflix and eat something unhealthy and so I just I just felt like yeah that whole the whole time scales that were meant to work in just didn't work for me at all it, and it doesn't work for everybody I mean when I um took voluntary redundancy when I used to work in a corporate job for a large bank I took voluntary redundancy and you know what it's like when you you first find yourself in that situation like yay I don't have to get up for an alarm so there's real pleasure in the first few months of just not having to get up to alarm I'm just going to get up whenever I'm just going to enjoy it and I lived without a routine for probably a few months Um, and I did need that 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 recovery time I felt quite burnt out but after a while, um, I did actually find myself yearning for a routine. And I think you do go for periods, particularly when you're first freelance, that you go, yay, you don't have to stick to a schedule. But you do get to a point, I think, where you're you're clamoring for a schedule, even if it's a different one. But I was beating myself up, like Katie, you were describing there, your, 
your daily routine trying to force yourself into a pattern and I can imagine that you were just really beating yourself up or having to feel really bad because you weren't doing what you thought you were supposed to do absolutely you know my day would be peppered with oh well if I'd got up when I was supposed to I'd have done this already oh why am I so lazy why yeah, can't I get out of bed exactly. and I had the same thing you know I was trying to force myself into a corporate nine to five uh, firstly the number of hours I thought I should do which was the whole reason for leaving in the first place but also the the way the routine works or what adding value looks like or the, the routine and so what I found was over a period of time I, I did settle into routine the difference is it was the routine that actually works with my natural rhythm and actually suits me which of course is one of the joys of being a freelancer yeah. <laughs> but it is really easy to fit into what these CEOs do or what business people say that they do or what the corporate boss told you you ought to do we just sort of take these ideas with us I mean who says you should work a nine to five yeah and it's a really good point you make about the number of hours as well and that's something that I think is definitely for a lot of people it's a hang up from their previous world of employment where where you know an employee's value was measured on the number of hours that they would do rather than the the, the quality kind of, of what they produce the, the, yeah the, the kind of outcomes or the deliverables if you want to use corporate speak and, you know i know people who've basically had jobs where where their where their team has been working really well so someone's kind of been managing a team and their team has been kind of meeting the deadlines doing the work and they've been basically pulled up by the man but you know by their managers saying look it, it's looking quite bad that you're not doing overtime and all the other teams are, so you need to do more overtime. And they were being penalised for managing for being well. efficient and doing their jobs well and being told that basically they had to... But they were effectively making everybody else look bad. And so they had to then pitch in so that they could show that they were also sacrificing themselves for the company's good, even though it was actually going to cost the company more money. So it's, I mean, it's crazy that the sort of the, the, the habits ideas. that we bring in to freelancing that we don't need to do oh, and, and a like, certain amount of hours or whatever. But it's also like a perception of self-employment as well. Some people say, oh, if you're building a business, then you've got to work 70 hours a week and it's just two, two, three years of hard graft working every hour God send. It's like, you do have to work hard. There's no question. But I question whether or not you need to, to work 70 hours a week. And we talk a lot about your why, don't we? Why yes. did you want to go into self-employment in the first place? And I think, as well, I mean, I, I, there's the old um, phrase of, uh, you know, freelancers are the only people that are willing to work 80 hours for themselves to avoid working 40 hours for somebody else. Yeah. And I think that's true to an extent because I don't mind, I don't mind having to work long hours sometimes if it's going to ultimately benefit me and my life and my business and like you say the why if I can see that it's going to contribute to that like when I have busy times I don't mind doing a bit longer hours because I know that it's going to free up it's going to give me enough money so that in the times when it is a bit quieter like we've just talked about in the previous episode if I'm not if I've got that financial buffer I can go and do I can do work stuff but I can do other stuff I can go surfing I can go and do what I want with my time and so it's don't, I don't mind investing those hours, but the idea of, oh, you have to do a certain number of set hours, the same number every day, all day, is just... Yeah, and it's about output as well. Like, I work any hours that are required to get the job done and to do it yeah. well and to solve the problem or create an opportunity, but I won't do hours just because I feel like I ought to be working hours. Like you say, it's about the output, really, as more than the inputs. So I think it's really important to have a routine that suits you and works for you. And one of the things that uh, Casey and I have been talking about recently is just finding your own rhythm. Now, I, I read a book recently. I wrote a blog on it. If you would like to know more, if you go to divedeeperdevelopment.com slash blogs, 
you'll find my blog, if you don't mind me plugging that, on my website for a book called The Power of When by a guy called Dr. Michael Bruce. It's spelled B-R-E-U-S. I don't know how you pronounce it. <laughs> and uh, he, in his book, he said there were actually four chronotypes. So you mentioned a night owl, Katie. So a chronotype's like basically your natural... Rhythm. There's basically, you reckon, in, in society at large, there are four different types of circadian rhythms that okay. people stick to. So he said you've got your lions. So these sound like they might be like the early risers, like the CEOs we mentioned before, people who naturally get up at 4 or 5 a.m., really proactive, ready to face the day. They're alert, but equally, they'll probably go to bed a bit earlier. So uh, as you say, might miss out. They're not really ones to socialize late in the evening. But he also said that you had um, your bears as well, that about 50% of the population fit into the bear category. So these are the people that rise and go to sleep with the sun. So typically these are people who would benefit from a nine to five, and that is most of us. So if you're a bear, I am, you're quite, you're quite lucky to fit into that. However, he also said... Cursed bears. Cursed bears. I feel quite quite pleased to be in that. It's easier to manage. Not because it's better, just because it's more in harmony with how most other people work. Yeah. But he also said there were wolves, which is a bit more like Katie's describing. There are some people who naturally just rise later and go to bed later as well. And I know that resonates with you. And then he also came up with um, dolphins. He said these these are ones that um, don't sleep very well, typically. Um, dolphins are unihemispheric sleepers. There we go. Nerdy fact. They sleep with only half their brain and the other half is awake, swimming, looking for predators and making sure they're not being eaten alive. And then they just switch halves of the brain. But um, apparently dolphins are light sleepers. And he reckoned that historically speaking, there was an evolutionary advantage to this because you'd have those watching the tribe early doors, those working for the tribe during the day, those working late, and those who kept who were light sleepers and were ready to alert the tribe to any issues throughout the night. Now, whether you subscribe to that or not, I think the point here is we're not the same. There are about, you know, there are different rhythms and we all got a different one. And the trick really is to find the one that works for you as opposed to the one you were given by your previous employer or by some idea of what self-employment is I suppose and I think it's worth mentioning as well that there's I guess when we're talking about routines there's kind of two parts to that there's your your daily routine in that you know so and some people don't want to do the same thing every day so like I've always avoided the commitment of a routine by which I mean I don't necessarily like to say, okay, Monday's when I do my admin and Tuesday's when I do this. And on Wednesday at 3 p.m. I always send my invoices because that- I, I try, it never works. Like I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, it, the reality of scheduling makes that hard, but also just, I find it really boring to do the same, to, to do the same tasks. And sometimes I'll be more in the mood for doing something creative and I want to be able to kind of do that. So that's the, that's the routine in the in the sense of like if you you might but for some people they really might like that so so you might like to have that set routine and you do certain things on certain days of the week but what I also but what I do like having is a daily routine in that in that I have my day set out in a certain way so it doesn't dictate the work the kind of work that I do but I do like having a routine where where I know okay like this it, it will become clearer later when we talk about the different yeah, yeah. animals, I think. Um, what what I mean by my daily routine as opposed to, I suppose, a, 
a, a, week, a weekly thing that you do all the time, you know. To use a corporate term, operating rhythm. Yeah, there you go. See, there I need to be able to describe that. <laughs> a corporate, an operating rhythm, yeah, what you do day in, day out exactly. for your business as well. But one of the things that Dr. Briss was saying in his book was that um, our energy levels and hormone levels fluctuate throughout the day and it's different for every person. So not everybody will work at the nine nine to five. So we're not going to go into Dr. Briss's book massively, but I'll, I'll, there's a few things to consider when you're thinking about your routine. And when I was um, kind of finding my own rhythm, one of the things I found was that I naturally fell into Dr. Briss's description through trial and error. So what it was, I was working from home a lot and I just naturally worked out when I got my best energy, when I felt like having a nap, when I felt like socialising. And I think the longer I worked at home, the better I was at just working it out for myself and just going with it rather than doing what I was supposed to do. But there's a few few different things he had suggested. So some of the things that he's, he suggested was, you know, when when you concentrate, when you have to consciously concentrate on a, on a, on a task, you're using a particular part of your brain. So when is the best day to use that, that concentration, that energy you have for concentrating? When is the best time for you to answer emails? When is the best time for you to make phone calls? If you're strategizing or do something creative or planning, that uses a different part of your brain. Far from consciously focusing, actually that's when you're more on a not a sleepy state, but more in a sort of a daydreamy state, that is much better naturally for just strategizing and creating. Also, when do you exercise best? When are you at your most sociable and willing to, to network? And of course, the big ones are, when are you best suited to getting up? What is your natural wake up time? And what is your natural going to bed time? Um, so Kate, you talked about your wolf. So you're the variation from Norm. I'm a, I'm a bear. Yeah. Where should we start with this? I'll, we won't go in massively with our routines like those guys in the in the was it the Forbes magazine? But um, <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about this. Um, yeah. Well, I'll talk about my wolfing, which is what I call it now, um, a little bit. So I mean, basically, uh, like in January, Michelle came around and she was very excited about this book that she'd read, which yeah. was the the Power of One book, and and. You, you know me, you know that I'm a night owl and you're like, yeah, you're, you're definitely a wolf. So immediately I, I kind of Googled the power of one wolf and came across, a, I think it was a Fast Company article, um, which had, yeah, th- this is the ideal day for you if you're a wolf. And I read it through and I was like, oh, that sounds perfect. That sounds like such a good day. I couldn't do it. Yeah. So that was my first reaction. So that's what I say, you know, if you start looking into this and actually if you're not a bear, especially... And, and you can start looking to, oh, I just, it wouldn't be practical. Don't give up, do investigate it. Now, I appreciate if you've got children or if you if you are constrained a bit more the hours that you work. So if you're freelance, but maybe working um, as a contractor or something, it's different. Um, but you know, there might be little tweaks that you can make to, to change how you do stuff. Um, and I think in the book it does talk about... He says that, just make one or two, yeah. if you can just change one or two things that goes more in sync with your natural rhythm, just that. It just can have a big impact. You'll make a huge impact, yeah. yeah. So basically on the on the article that I read, um, it, your day starts, your, your work day starts pretty much around kind of 11, 12 o'clock. Um, and so it, it, you know, it said, set your alarm for half seven and, and get up. I've, I've still not quite managed the actual getting up when the alarm goes off. It says, allow yourself one snooze, then get up. It's going to be hard. And I like that it acknowledged that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, they talk about like not not having too much caffeine to stimulate yourself. So wait, hold off the caffeine if you can until a bit later. But essentially it was kind of, you know, just ease yourself into the day. So your advice was not to actually start, get up at half seven, get up, but, but not, not actually work. work. No, no. Yeah. So it was get up early. Get up at the kind of... The, the sort of fairly conventional time maybe ever so slightly later 
but but ease yourself into work so actually if you're if you're if you do have a bit more restriction about this it, that might just mean you know do the easy bits of work first and then ease yourself into the harder stuff and so so it's you know it's around um 11 o'clock you can start planning your day 12 o'clock do some busy work like answering emails stop for lunch so you you have you know you do like an hour maybe not even an hour of work from from sort of 11 or 12 until like half 12 one o'clock and then you have some lunch it's amazing um and then when after lunch then then it's then you kind of go into the afternoon and the evening and that's when you're kind of more creative um and i think it just really resonated with me that approach so at first i thought no i won't be able to do it because you know i'll i've got client commitments and people are going to want to have phone calls and meetings and there's no way i can start my working day at 12 even if i want to um but i just i just thought i'd try and do it as much as i can and as soon as I started trying it, I was like, oh, no one cares. No one cares about whether I'm available because they don't know. At first, I didn't even tell anybody why I was doing it. So they didn't know why I wasn't available. I could have had another meeting for all they knew. Yeah. And you know, if I'm arranging a meeting with someone, then they've got to work around my availability. And so I was like, well, I'm free after 12. And because enough of my day still coincides with you know, the bare working day, and the conventional working day for a lot of my clients, that still gave us a good, you know, five hour window in which to schedule something. So actually it was really easy and no one battered an eyelid. So someone might say, oh, could you do 10 o'clock? I go, oh no, but I could do one o'clock. And, and then that was fine. And then you get to get out of bed and rouse and wake yeah. towards the day in a much kinder, gentler way to your body. Exactly. And also, you know, like, I, I don't know how many of you guys, you know, out there experienced the, um, the freelance cheese on toast syndrome, I'll call it, where you you know you start you start work and you you're you're getting in you get kind of get into your work, um, and then and you, you or you you're busy you've got a deadline or whatever, and you're like oh I need to have some lunch but I haven't got time to have, make anything proper I'll just have some cheese on toast and you, and you just have a really rubbish lunch and doesn't kind of set you up well for the afternoon or for the day or anything. Um, so one of the things that I started doing because I was like okay well if I'm gonna if I'm not starting work until 11 or 12 what am I doing in the morning and it felt weird to just kind of sit and watch Netflix in the morning you know it's not like I was then doing my evening stuff then because I still knew I always have a bit of evening time yeah um so I was like okay well this can be when I actually do the stuff that I've always wanted to do but never got around to it so like I'd like to you know prepare a healthy lunch for myself in advance that I can then just assemble or heat up when it gets to the afternoon and I'd like to have time to actually go and clean the house and do all the kind of life admin tasks that yeah. I never quite got around to doing because in the old model of doing things, I'd get to the end of the day and be too exhausted to do them because I'd been forcing myself to work against the currents effectively. Yeah. You know. And you don't, if you don't feel guilty about not working from 9am, it yeah. frees you up to do that stuff. Exactly. So like normally if you put stuff in the washing machine, oh, I really should be working. I shouldn't be faffing around on work time putting stuff in the washing machine. But actually, if you just don't feel guilty about that, you go, no, no, I know when I'm going to work. Yeah, exactly. And so there's no expectation of me. It means if I do sleep in a little bit later yes it eats into my kind of life admin time but I have a kind of order of priorities so if I wake up a bit later if I've had a late night the night before or whatever then the first the the, the first thing is the first thing to do is is lunch I always you know make make sure I've made my lunch in advance and then if there's time after that I'll then do a bit of cleaning and then if there's time after that I'll do a bit of life admin and so it's I know if I've got four hours I can get 
pretty much everything I need to done if I've not I just prioritize and do it that way and it's it's been amazing like I am literally like a domestic goddess now <laughs> and your clients get your best energy too, <laughs> they do because exactly. you're in a much better state and it means clients. that yeah I'm not starting the day on a negative guilty feeling and yeah, I'm much, you know, I'm, I'm working much more in my rhythm. To be fair, my actual, like, really natural rhythm is to work from about 11 till 2. Yeah. But that doesn't really suit the rest of my life. And so I'm not working fully with that. Every so often I will. If I'm really getting into something, I will stay up really late. But it that then does... Until 2 a.m.? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, 11 till 2 is I thought like... until 2 p.m. I'm like, yeah, we all like to work three no, hours sometimes. No, no, 11, <laughs> 11 p.m. till 2 a.m. Yeah. Is my perfect work time. That's when I'm at my best. Ah, okay. Um, that's when I wrote all of my essays at uni and everything. And that is when I'm, I find work the easiest. But... It, that's less conventional so I've, I've not quite gone down that road fully yet but I've definitely found this so so generally yeah you know if I have if I, I don't I don't always say right I work eight hours a day but when I'm now doing booking training calls if I'm booking meetings I say yeah I'm generally available between 12 and 8 and that means if I'm doing virtual training I'm at the perfect time for people on the east or west coast of America as well because yeah. I can then work in the evening right for time zones and works much more easily for that so yeah it's it's been it's been really cool doing that it's shown so me that I can really embrace that, that advantage that freelance gives you. Yeah, and it's not like being lazy or being unfocused or being unproductive. It's just that is just your natural rhythm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do the same amount of work, just slightly delayed. Yeah. Which sounds about right for me. Yeah, <laughs> and it give, it give your clients, like I say, your best energy and your best creativity as well. I mean, mine was quite similar. I, I am a bear, so I'm more of a nine to more, more of a nine to five person, but I found it quite useful. So the recommendation for me was to wake up at seven, which I pretty much do anyway. And I'm so jealous. Doctor Dr. Bruce, he um he he suggests waking up now using either daylight and or exercise, and just by desire by default really, I just started to go for walks when I wake up. So, in order to get my bed out out of bed at seven, if I was just me living on my own as a single single person, I probably wouldn't or I'd struggle. But my wife gets up about then anyway, so I kind of make it this thing that if I get up out of bed then, then I can have breakfast with her and I get to spend time with her at the beginning of the day. But it's a reward, isn't it? That like that allows me to yeah. feel good about getting up. But then I now I start to go for a walk as well, even if it's just around the block for ten minutes. So I'm not going straight from my kitchen to my office. Um, which you know is just one flight of stairs I'm getting some daylight I'm getting some exercises and move my body before I go and I just, that I, is one thing that he talks about in the book isn't it that day, the influence of daylight in you yes as well. like uh, it's funny because I think you read that you should throw open the curtains and drink in the sunlight but it was winter wasn't it yeah. <laughs> throw open the curtains it was okay. pitch black this is not going to hurt <laughs> but some exercise like you've got dogs you could walk the dogs yeah, or something yeah. and so I've always started to work out that yeah going for a walk daylight and exercise beforehand was great but he also said you could do press ups he also said you can have sex but I really not got to the point of having 7am sex and my wife isn't so keen at that time either but you could you could with someone else or by yourself that would be another way he suggests to do it he's quite specific about that um but then he, he says yeah for me get down to work at maybe 8 30 9 o'clock start working and this is the other thing that I found worked for me um my best concentration is um in the first half of the day so if there's a, a task that ne- needs my you know, my cognitively demanding work, conscious effort, like writing training material or, um, you know, doing that kind of work, then the suggestion is to do it first thing in the morning. 
And that was a huge thing for me because like a lot of people, I log on, I check my emails. So there I am buzzing with all this energy and I put them all into emails. And when you focus <laughs> that energy into emails, it's like, I must answer everyone, I must do that. And then it's 11 o'clock and you've done nothing productive. So now I scan them quickly for anything urgent. And then I just, I have the night before, uh, also your app, Cheery app. True plan. True plan. I always get that wrong. Um, that Katie and Roland have designed where you identify three priorities for the day. If you do that the day before, then I go straight into my big task in the morning. He also just having your lunch, doing exercise before after lunch. And I'd started to do, started to do that to walk after lunch as well. And then the afternoon, when you're starting to space out and go a little, you know, mind's starting to wander a bit. That's the strategy. That's the planning. That's the creative work. So I have to do uh, creative exercises, do creative stuff for my business, come up with new exercises. And so I do that in the afternoon and then I do my emails and phone calls at the end of the day and it's so true I do feel more sociable at the end of the day and and if particularly been working at home on my own I'm going a little bit crazy getting cabin fever really grateful for the contact that's then. a great yeah. time for me to do it and I'm much calmer as well the other thing they added in that was really good is um to nap now for wolves he recommends not napping. I was about to say, I'm destroyed if I nap in the day. Because you ain't going to get back up again. No. <laughs> but for, for Bez, he suggested napping about um, about two o'clock or half two. A 10 to 15 minute nap. Apparently you should nap 10 to 15 minutes or 90 minutes. Otherwise you break a sleep cycle yeah, and you're okay. really groggy. If, if I had a superpower, napping for 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> would be, be it. But I was finding that I was getting a bit tired in the afternoon, particularly after lunch. And I would push through but be really unproductive and I find I've had a 10 minute nap if I need it if I don't need it I don't take it but if I have a 10 minute nap mid-afternoon which I can do to perfection um that is it I can power through the afternoon and I am full of beans so that one's a really good one for me and of course exercise he said is best for bears in the evening so his suggestions don't necessarily they're not like a, a blueprint that you follow to the letter but just noticing when the best time for you to do each of these things and you've probably started to do it already and just find your natural rhythm and actually work your routine about around your energy your hormone levels what you like what you enjoy as opposed to maybe what we thought we ought to do yeah and i think before before i kind of made what you know was a reasonably dramatic change to my schedule actually I, whenever people said oh you know when do you work best i, I never really knew I, I, I wasn't very good at picking up on when i was actually feeling like oh this is, I feel really like I can strategize now or like uh, you know I wasn't really good at noticing it so if you struggle to know when you work best I would say just do do a kind of series of experiments yeah. and say right okay I'm gonna try doing strategy or doing creative stuff in the morning for a week and see what happens I'm gonna try doing my emails at lunchtime and see what happens or, or whatever it is yeah so and, and then after a, after a week you'll probably be able to have more of an, an, an idea of that impact with the consistency of doing it then and if you feel like actually no that didn't I didn't you know have a think at the end of each day how you felt and if you if you're kind of consistently feeling that no that day's kind of just gotten away from me or I don't feel like I've really achieved much then that might be a sign that you need to switch it up a bit notice when you're in the zone with certain things as well and just work out what what in your environment made that really work for you yeah and if you're the kind of person that wakes at 5am rather than stay in bed till 7 because everyone else in the household is why not get up and start doing stuff I mean if that's just when your brain is on it Go with it. 
Yeah. yeah, not sure that my boyfriend would be super happy with me hoovering at 5am. No, my wife's a very light sleeper, <laughs> so if I get at 5am, she's at 5am, I would, luckily we're on the same rhythm, so that kind of works. So yes, like you say, Katie, it doesn't actually work depending on your partner, your children, your colleagues, of course, but even if but you I changes, could go into, you know, I could probably go into a different room and start reading about something or... Listen to a podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's stuff that I can be doing, so... It, yeah, it's not it's it's not to totally preclude you from doing that. And I could stay up late and do that. And I do, you know, I do sometimes bring my computer to bed and sit on my computer in bed. Um, but I am really then wary of disturbing my partner. So it's yeah. it's it's that tricky thing. I, mean, I could go sit in the office, but I just I don't know. There's something about it feels really lonely to do. Yeah, that, really like the middle of isolated. The night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's yeah. You might you might not be able to get your perfect perfect day but you can probably make improvements definitely and I think there's a difference between you know working late at night because you've been unproductive you've tried to force yourself into routine and now you've got work left over that needs doing um or doing it in a lack of self-care kind of way and actually doing it because it's when you're most productive so it's not just what would you like to do or what do you think you should do but actually what works for you and if staying up burning midnight or doesn't really work for you or, or if it's causing ill health effects then it's probably not your natural rhythm yeah exactly so like w- michelle like i know you've got a few practical tips to share um beyond just the kind of mindset stuff and, and thinking about the changes yeah. what can we do to kind of have better routines as freelancers i would say whatever your routine is have a routine and um don't you don't have to box yourself in you can still have variety like you were saying within that you don't have to fix yourself to one but human beings we do work better with routines so find yours but then kind of stick to it dr bruce suggests that you shouldn't vary your wake up time by more than an hour so if you normally wake up at seven don't leave it much later than eight even if um, you're not fully awake get out of bed he also says by the same token, you should probably um, not change your bedtime by more than an hour either if you're out networking or doing something different. He says that you knock your circadian rhythm out by about five days. It takes you the rest of the week to catch up. You almost jet lagged. You almost jet lagged yourself. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I think, first of all, have a routine. Find the one that works for you, but then do stick to it as well. One thing I also noticed, actually, in the the kind of article I read about the Wolf Day, it said, you know, go to bed at 11, but turn off screens and do something else until midnight and go to sleep at midnight. Um, And I did notice, I I kind of, I've got out of the habit of that, I need to get back into it, but I did find it, I did find like it a bit easier to get up in the morning if I'd done that the night before. So either, yeah, reading a physical book where I've got one of the kind of old school Kindles that doesn't count as a screen. Um, (laughs) Becky and I like to read the book book. Book book. Yeah, as Ikea called it, one of our Um, No, you're right, blue light filters are great, but I think actually no screens for an hour before bed is is better. And I went to a very interesting talk at Zifferblatt this week, uh, where a lady was talking about digital distractions, um, the impact on learning and memory, and she was saying, sleeping with your phone by your bed is almost a bit like sleeping with the front door open. Yes, you could actually get to sleep, but you're never going to have a restful sleep knowing that that is there. And she said, this is the thing where our phones, they're so tempting, but they also engage our brains they're designed to be so addictive that you, your brain's still kind of wired when you put it down. And if you know that it's there, you might still subconsciously be thinking about it. You're actually better, she says, to put your phone out of the room and use a proper alarm clock. Uh-huh. Not got that far yet. No. But I think um, sticking to your routine and then taking 
work and digital distractions out. But yeah, I did I did like it doing that, so I want to try and get back into that. That's gonna be my that's gonna be my takeaway tip. I've done it, I've done it in advance. You've done it in advance, go. that's good. <laughs> um one of the other things that I found useful during during the day, if I don't always do this, but sometimes I feel it helps, especially if it's something that is a bit tricky is batching tasks together. So for example, rather than having necessarily a whole day of calls, but like to say, right, okay, um, I'm gonna do, like you were saying, you know, okay, right, I'm gonna do all my calls now. Cause especially if you're doing calls where you've got to kind of sell something or ask for something, it helps to get you into that that frame of mind, I think, to kind of go, right, okay. Um, you know, and you can start with an easy one if you want a quick win, you know, go for an easy, easy client call and then do another one. So I quite like having all of that together and then it just it gets me in that into the, on, on a roll and gets my head in that task because I think with the kind of context switching it's quite hard I think to get from doing a phone call to then go into some deep creative work to then come out to do another phone call Definitely. and then go in to do some strategy and then come out to do another phone call and then to do some admin it doesn't work it's quite hard to do so I think trying to kind of group like tasks together as much as possible is quite useful and then match them to the energy as well so again you know you're you're when you're at your sharpest most focused that's when the cognitive demanding stuff gets done like you say the yeah. stuff we've got right things to consciously calculate to plan the, the details stuff, that's when you do it. But equally, there's probably times when you naturally find it, it's easier to, you know, to start planning for the week or yeah. to start doing your creative work. So notice the, the, the batch the tasks, but also match them to the type the of energy of, you've and, got, the yeah. energy levels you've got. Yeah. And I think as well, like in terms of knowing your energy levels, like I, I know, for example, if I've done like a weekend workshop or something where I've done two days solid of delivering training, I plan a day off after that because I know that any work I do on that day is going to be fairly poor because I'm just going to be really like exhausted from it and so like because I, I love doing training I think you know I'm, I'm sort of I'm, I'm pretty much in the middle of introvert extrovert I probably come across as a lot more extrovert than I actually am and I loved I love doing training I do get energy from people but if I've done two days of training in a row then I need to go and like be somewhere and just not have to do anything yeah, and definitely. recharge my batteries um and so i think planning in if you know you've got an energy consuming or energy depleting task then planning in time in your routine and your schedule to recover from that is really important yeah i mean you could do networking every night of the week but if that takes a lot of your energy then you know give yourself a break in the mornings or a day off and yeah. I know, but equally the other way around i know if i've been working from home on my own a lot and I'm getting withdrawn and quiet, I will actually spend Friday at Freelance Friday or Fresh Walks, some kind of half day event around people to get my energy levels back up again. Yeah. So you've got to, like say, you know what works for you and it's about planning your day around that. And I think another thing that I do sometimes is if if I, I, I kind of want to, so it's not necessarily always the same, t- the same time every week or anything, but I like to associate certain places with doing certain tasks. Cause again, I think that helps me to get into that mindset. So I might be like, oh, okay, well, when I'm at this cafe, I do this type of work. Um, you know, if like, if I'm like, okay, if, if I ever did write blog posts, then <laughs> I know that used to work quite well for me um, back when I was a bit more productive with my content. I'd be like, right, okay, I'm gonna go to this place because it, the environment is really conducive to me feeling creative and inspired to do it. And, um, you know, there's, there's, if you can associate certain places with different tasks, it can help yeah. as well. And I plan my environment into my week as well. If I've got two or three days back to back at home, that I am more extroverted, so that is really difficult for me. 
So I'll go to a co-working space or a cafe. So I'll plan when I'm going to be out and about, even if the work specifically isn't down, down there as well. I also plan human contact as well. So like you say, a lack of it or an abundance of it, yeah. it's really important to know where you get your energy from and uh, plan that into your diary as well. And I've got a bit, I've got better at that, I think, as time has gone on, although it still catches me out sometimes. Yeah, and that's the thing, it's not ever gonna be a kind of perfect solution. Sometimes I'll kind of plan my day, and then by, after about the first hour, I'll throw the plan out of the window because I realise that actually I'm feeling in the mood for something else. And if I've got the flexibility to do that, I will, you know. So I'll be like, okay, um, I was gonna do, some client work but actually I'm feeling I've got this really good idea and I want to capitalise on it so I'm actually going to work on that whilst I've got that frame of mind available so I think the other thing is don't be too rigid and give yourself the opportunity to have some flexibility built in to your routine one of the um, in one of the Facebook groups for freelancers I think it was the Being Freelance community um, someone had put about the challenges of routines and and when clients um when you get calls from clients when it's an emergency and it you know I, you have to know if it's a, if it's an emergency for the client or if it's genuinely something but if it's like oh the website is broken and no one can buy something from it and it's your responsibility to fix that then you kind of have to deal with that and but that can have a real impact on your routine so one of the answers that i quite liked that someone gave was they have an hour every day scheduled for unexpected that's a good idea kind of tasks that come up if no unexpected tasks come up they have an extra hour in which to do something but if but if they if someone rings them in the morning and goes i've got this urgent problem they're like, okay i've factored into my day an hour spent on this um that's, that's quite nice yeah that's a good idea i like that um so at the end of each episode we always tend to say what what kind of one thing we would do to solve one of these 99 problems so um what what about you michelle what would you say in terms of the the issue around having a routine as a freelancer what's the one thing that that you'd suggest to people if they could only do one thing i would say have one but okay. i think it's a big experiment with it i think so if you feel like you're not an early riser try it like you said you, you your clients don't know when you're not well, you know you're not busy so I, I would say give it a go and just experiment experiment with your really you know concentrating work experiment with your strategizing uh, and creative time as well just just have a play with it but do 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 go for a routine I yeah. would suggest yeah and I think in addition to my one that I've already done I would probably say and this is something we haven't mentioned yet but actually set people's expectations around your routine as well so yeah. you know I now say for my training this is when I, this is the hours when I do it but also even just in terms of um you know people getting hold of me because I don't want to spend my whole day just replying to emails I have something on my footer that says you know I will get back to your email within 24 hours but if you need me urgently you need to phone me or send me a message because I'm not going to necessarily see my emails so I think if you one thing that is a massive routine killer is notifications oh, or God, yeah. you know or just kind of staying in your inbox all day and being very reactive so I think if you want to have a good routine then do try and make sure that you have sort of set yourself up for success set some boundaries and, around it yeah. and communicate to people that need to know when you're available and what you're doing at what time as well yeah good well, I like that so we will wrap up there another episode of 99 problems but boss ain't one 
As usual, I'm on the internet at The Wheel Exists. And I am Dive Deep Dep, D-E-V-P. And if you have any ideas for future problems or if you'd like to comment on this and we'd love to hear all your routines and what works for you and and see if there's any ideas that we can incorporate into our routines. Definitely steal those. Exactly. And then we will see you next time for 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One.